0: This is episode 161. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. Hi, how are you? My name is Siope. I'm your host here for this episode of the Smarter Parenting podcast. So I am so excited. Thank you for joining me wherever you may be. I know there is so much happening in the world. Parents are busy taking kids to school. They are driving here and there. They have activities. And the fact that parents join in on this podcast is really a huge blessing for me. And I appreciate it. I really do. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you spending time with us as we cover these topics that come up for parents all around the country in hopes of helping you on your parenting journey, specifically with children who have behavioral issues. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to set appropriate and healthy boundaries with families. Now, in setting appropriate boundaries with families, what I am talking about are boundaries that exist within a family unit, so mom, dad, and child, as well as those who are outside of that immediate family unit, so grandparents, aunts, uncles, how do we create appropriate and healthy boundaries in those systems, specifically when you're dealing with a child who is struggling behaviorally? Now, as we start to talk about this topic. I need to share an experience I had just last week. I went to dinner with my wife, uh, with a friend of mine, Brent and his wife, Rachel, and we started talking about everything. I didn't think that this would be something that would lead towards a discussion about parenting, but it eventually did. Now, Brent and Rachel are brilliant people in their careers. They're both professionals and they know their stuff in their areas. During dinner, we started to talk about our families, and they started to share more information about their eight-year-old daughter, who they believe is over-empathetic. So in their eyes, they see that if someone around her is hurt or is having difficulty, their eight-year-old daughter becomes consumed by them and their problems, and they were worried about it. So, during this discussion over dinner, Rachel asked if they should be worried about this being over empathetic. Now, of course, I can't just sit there at dinner and have them give me, you know, the basic information. I had to start to ask more questions. And I did. I asked a lot of questions. So, tell me more about this. Give me an example. Help me to understand. Now, while this is not a behavioral issue specifically, This was a concern from Brent and Rachel and their eight-year-old daughter in helping her. Now, as we started to discuss that being over-empathetic towards someone else and their issues and their problems was noble, and it can be noble, what their daughter lacked was establishing appropriate boundaries. It's the boundaries that are the issue. She doesn't know where the other person's problems end And her responsibility ends. So there is a distinct line that many of us can draw in our relationships where we say, Oh, you're suffering. Okay, I can help here, but I can't go beyond that for my own mental health or because I'm just unable to do that. So we started to talk about establishing good boundaries for this eight year old daughter of theirs and how to do that. Now, Rachel talked about as well the reaction from her father. According to Rachel, her father is overly critical of the situation and how it makes you know, her daughter feel, but also how Rachel feels about it. As we explored this topic, Rachel began to tell me that her father would say offhand comments that Rachel and Brent were too lenient on her, and that's why their daughter was over-emotional, and that it was their fault for creating this problem. And when I asked Rachel how she responded to this, she said her feelings were hurt, but she wouldn't say anything about it. Now, Brent started to talk during the the conversation and said it was difficult for him to sit there and watch this happen, but not say anything as well. So we started to talk about boundaries and appropriate relationships with even parents or aunts and uncles or other people who are a part of our life. But we need to know when their help is necessary, where our lines are drawn, where they begin, where we end. We need to draw those lines. And that is really the core of establishing healthy and appropriate boundaries within family systems. So there are three things I want to cover during this podcast. First, I want to talk about how all healthy relationships exist through contracts. The second thing I want to cover is that contracts change all the time. And then the final topic I want to cover during this podcast is how can you use the skill of effective communication in order to help shape these contracts and find something that is beneficial for everyone in the family. Okay, so three things. All healthy relationships exist through contracts. The second item I want to cover is changes in contracts are absolutely necessary and effective communication. How we can use effective communication to establish good boundaries. So let's start talking about the first one. All healthy relationships exist through contracts. One of the wisest comments I've ever received in regards to marriage is that marriage is a contract, and you contract as a spouse to do certain things, and they contract as a spouse to do certain things. And when those things are honored, when you enter into those agreements, that's what keeps the peace. Now, in further examining this, contracts exist everywhere. And we do this on purpose in order to establish peace between different parties. I want you to think about when you go to purchase a house or uh, rent an apartment, there is a form that you sign where you agree, there's a contract that's in place. When you go to the mechanic to get work done, they usually give you a contract we're going to fix your car, we want you to pay this much. When you go to the store and you are buying something, Okay, so you make an agreement. I'm going to agree to pay for the items that I'm taking from the store and the store is going to sell them to me. All of these things help keep the peace. You can even relate it towards traffic laws. I mean, you think about it when you take your traffic test so you can drive, get a license. You agree to certain terms. You agree that you will drive a certain direction on a road and that you will stay and follow the laws that are there, right? That's your part of the contract. Their part of the contract is to be sure that you can do it safely and that if you don't do it safely, that there are consequences for that. So as we start looking through contracts, a family is no different. As you become an adult or a parent, your relationship with your parents changes. So you should have established some type of change in the relationship. You're no longer five years old. You're no longer 11 years old. You're much older. So this requires you as an adult to examine what is the contract right now between me and my parents or me and other members of my family. And this is a hard discussion and hard introspective thing to do sometimes because it's wrapped up in emotion. Now with Brent and Rachel, we talked about that during dinner. We said okay, so what do you want from the relationship with your parents, with your father specifically? And what does your father expect from you? What is the contract? Now it is essential for you to know exactly how the contract plays out, where the lines are. If you can be as definitive as possible, you can avoid a lot of pain later. So know your boundaries. Know this is as much as I'm going to take. And after that, there are consequences to that. So with Rachel, we started to establish some consequences for some of the boundary infractions she felt was happening in the home. So when her father would say a rude comment about raising the child or being too lenient, she needed to draw a line and say, okay, I will accept him giving his feedback in this way if he is calm and if he is respectful. And by respectful, I had her define that, meaning he would say it to her, talk to her about it, and be willing to receive feedback. That is what she defined as respectful. So there's the line. She drew the line. This is my part of the contract. And his part of the contract was to communicate this with her appropriately, so not in front of their child. So I said, okay, great. So you've established this contract. Now it's time to present it to your father and let him know that these are the rules and what will be the consequences, Rachel, if he doesn't follow through. And Rachel had to think about that But Rachel decided, hey, if he's not going to communicate well, then I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. It usually happens at his house. So I will just pack up the kids and we will leave to show him how serious that line is. I said, okay, can you do that emotionally? Can you do that? And she said, yes, I feel like I can. And I know that my husband will support me. So I looked at Brent and I said, okay, will you support her? And of course he's like, okay. Now, as you can see, we're bringing Brent into part of this contract, right? So it's great. So I said, okay, well, now you have to go and present this to your father, talk to him about it, talk about your expectations, let him know what the contract is according to you as the parent of your child. This is how you want to interact with him. Rachel was excited. She felt like, hey, okay, finally I can establish good boundaries with my family members and I won't feel overly criticized or looked down upon. Now, as we continued to talk about establishing good boundaries, I did emphasize the need that contracts at times need to be changed. So changes are necessary. I want you to think about contracts when they don't work. Sometimes you want to throw in a proviso or something that will make the contract come back into effect because sometimes one party or the other, for no fault of their own or for an inability to recognize the issue, they don't follow through with the contract. So evaluation of contracts is necessary. With this idea in mind, we started to talk about their child who they want to teach her to how to have good boundaries so she doesn't become overly involved with people who have problems. Drawing a line. Now, I started to talk to them about, well, what happens if she gets older and it's more difficult? And uh, that's where we started to talk about changes in contracts are absolutely necessary. When a relationship is not working, it's usually a boundary issue. Someone is infringing on a boundary, and there's not agreement on where the line should be. So in relationships with people, it's always important to reevaluate the boundaries. It's also important for you as a parent to model when a contract needs to be changed and adjusted and how to do it. And this helps your child understand that changes in relationships are going to happen and adjustments need to be made. Let me give you an example from my own personal life of where contracts changed. My daughter turned 18 recently. We celebrated. We were happy. She's on her road toward independence. Now, before she was 18, she had a very specific curfew. We had all agreed that that was the contract. She came back on time. She would have more time out. Now that she's 18, she wanted to renegotiate that contract so she could be out a little bit later. So we did. We renegotiated that whole contract with her and came up with something new. And I will tell you, because she came and we renegotiated that whole idea of curfew, she has followed through without fault every single time. And will we adjust this again? Yeah, absolutely. Adjustments in contracts don't make previous contracts ineffective. What they mean is that people change, situations change, and you need to be open to making changes in contracts. So the discussion between Rachel and her father will be absolutely necessary for her to go in with an open mind that he may desire to change the contract or to alter the contract, not according to what she wants. And she needs to be able to establish what she feels is in the best interest of their daughter. Now, this led to our discussion about effective communication. And this is a skill that I highly recommend parents use and model for their children consistently. There are six steps to effective communication. First, you need to look at the person who's communicating. Second, once your child or the person is finished speaking, you need to restate what you understood. Third, ask that person if what you understood is what they meant. Fourth, in a calm manner, state your own thoughts on the topic. Fifth, they will repeat what they heard in their own words. Let them know if they're correct. So, in a way... You're first listening and then repeating back what they said and then getting an agreement that that's correct. And then they are listening to you and restating what they understood and you are acknowledging if they are correct. And then you come to a solution. Okay, so that's the sixth step. Those are the six steps of effective communication. They're simple enough. It's not super difficult. The difficult part of effective communication is doing it calmly and doing it in a way that is fruitful and beneficial for both parties. And sometimes the topics can become heated or difficult to talk about, which makes it even more difficult to follow through. So I have some recommendations. My recommendation for Brent and Rachel in regards to how to do this with their daughter and with Rachel's father is the same. First, work on learning this skill using simple things to discuss. You want to learn the steps talk about simple things that are easy. Teach them the steps to this skill and have the steps listed out. You want them to be able to see it. Don't assume that the other person will follow your example. When you are speaking and you believe, oh, I'm just going to show them how I want to communicate, that doesn't work as well as saying, okay, we're going to change the way we communicate, and this is how we are going to do it. Here are the steps. The other person has to know that you're using specific steps in order for the communication to occur. Now, as they become more familiar with the skill of effective communication, you can begin to discuss things that are a little more difficult. Don't make them the hard things, but things that are just a little bit more difficult to talk about. Wait until you can resolve those issues and then move on to the difficult issues. So with Rachel and her father, start off learning the skill together, using the steps, and Rachel decided she was going to go in and say, hey, this is something I want to try with my daughter. Can we learn it together? Because she felt like that would work with her father to buy into this new way of communicating. And then she would begin to talk about things that her father was interested in. So, for example, sports. They would start to talk about sports. They would use the steps to the skill, and that way they could build that muscle memory in how to effectively communicate with each other. After that, she would say, okay, let's talk about something that's a little more difficult. Let's talk about things that you dislike in your neighborhood. So they would begin to talk about that and allow these emotions to come forth that are a little bit more difficult to deal with, but they're not the really super hard things. And then after he's able to do this over multiple topics, move on to the difficult thing of talking about their child and how his words hurt her feelings and how she wants to proceed in the relationship and the consequence if he doesn't honor the contract that she is going to lay out and also being open to getting his feedback about what do you think? Do you think I should do something different? You know, and should we try something new? Is there a suggestion you have that will make this contract more feasible for both of us or more applicable to both of us? Doing it this way with her father and then doing it with their child about boundaries with friends who are struggling with issues This is an excellent way for them to really practice effective communication and also to bring them into your world and you into their world so they feel supported, they feel listened to, they feel trusted by you, Okay, and at the same time, establishing good, healthy, appropriate boundaries. Now, I haven't talked about some of the more difficult things that Rachel may have to confront, which may be absolute apprehension or defiance to the contract. So I talked a little bit about what she would do. I had to then reiterate, there are times you are going to have to put your foot down where you will feel uncomfortable, and that's okay. When you establish a line and a boundary, what it does is it protects you from getting sucked into more difficult things. As I said this, Rachel's like, oh my goodness, she has learned some of this behavior from me. And I'm like, well, this is something that you're starting to see on your own and you're starting to make some connections here. And I love those aha moments that parents get too. I think th- those aha moments are the things that really make the difference. But she started to notice that instead of confronting and establishing good boundaries with her father, Rachel was modeling this idea that, hey, you know, someone can speak this way or be disrespectful or, you know, hurt my feelings and I'm not going to do anything about it because I don't have a line that says, don't cross here. Let's keep this amicable. Let's keep this appropriate. Now, this is a skill your child is going to have to learn everywhere they go as they grow. I want you to think about when they go dating, what are the contracts to dating? What are the contracts to being with someone, a partner? When someone says no, they mean no. When someone says, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. It's important to establish these contracts. You'll often find in communication issues, the lack of communication is because those lines, those boundaries have not been established. And because they haven't been established, there grows resentment and anger towards the other person. Think of things as contracts, re-evaluate and reassess those contracts frequently as needed per the relationship that you're having, and use the skill of effective communication in order to establish those boundaries, how to work through them so you can come to an agreement. I guarantee you this is a life changer for your child. If your child can learn how to establish good boundaries this way and communicate these things, there is no topic that is off the table for them to come discuss with you. And it prepares them for a time when they are on their own. I am looking ahead for my daughter. Eventually, she'll be going to school. She'll live with roommates. This is a prime example of why roommates struggle and argue and hate each other in college. They all move in with these expectations, but no set clear contracts. Who's going to do the dishes? How are the dishes done? Who's going to wash their clothes in the washer? Are we going to divide this according to days? So people are operating from very different points of view. But if you establish these contracts up front, it helps clear the air for better communication in the future. So, love this topic. I am going to follow up with Brent on how things are turning out with their situation with their daughter. Not uncommon. And I know that they're going to be able to follow through with this and establish more healthy relationships. As we left the restaurant, Rachel just was beaming and just grateful that we had that conversation because she felt like it was helpful for her to reassess her own role as a role model for her daughter, but also because she now has some very specific things she can do to address the discomfort she was feeling in relation to both her child and her father. And I was glad to help. That's what I'm here for. So that's it for me. Thank you for joining me again. This is something. Put it in practice this week. Do this. Set some good boundaries. Set some good contracts in place. Know where the lines are for you and for other people. Don't cross those lines. And set up what you're going to do if someone crosses those lines. What are you going to do? How do you react to that? And renegotiate those contracts as they come. So next week, Himber will be providing the podcast episode. And then I will join you the week after that. Again, I am so grateful for people who join in and listen to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Share this podcast with a family member if you feel like it was helpful for you. We are always here to help. You can find the skill of effective communication on the Smarter Parenting website for more detailed ways that you can use this skill with children and with adults. So jump over to the Smarter Parenting website and check it out. All right, that's it for me, and I will speak with you soon.